it. Still fights out of it. Now throws it deep downfield. Tyree, who makes the catch. At the 23 yard line. What a play by Manning. And what a catch by Tyree. Manning airs it out down the field. It is caught by Tyree. Tyree just goes up for it like a basketball player. Harrison trying to knock it down. It against his helmet as he goes to the ground and not dropping it. Hi, everybody. Welcome. We're finally here. This is it. Catch the moment. And I'm finally got some company, man. And guess what? This doesn't take, you know, this doesn't take too much. This is, you talk about a moment. Mr. Can't Wait himself. You see him everywhere, all over the place. ESPN, Bart, family. We're here. What's good, my buddy? I appreciate it, man. It's all good, man. <laughs> And people can change, right? We can build bridges. You got a jet and a giant sitting in the same location. We ain't fighting about nothing. We ain't got nothing to fight about. We all good. What's up? What's up? We might we might start a little skirmish a little later, but hey, you know, like there's so many different layers, right? Well, well catch the moment. We're, what we really try to do is, man, you've been successful on so many different levels, right? Unfolding, unpacking a little bit of the, you know, just the process, the journey, the pay points. Um, but I had to think about. I was looking at, you know. The, Got to do lightning research. We don't go crazy, right? We got, we, we fan. My hat book of Peter Payne. You know what I'm saying? Just light research, but the most intriguing thing, right? From Detroit. Yeah, from the D. From the D, right? And, you know, interesting article was the background of you raised, being raised amongst a lot of women. So yeah. talk to me about that. I actually grew up in a house full of women. <laughs> My mom and two sisters. Yeah, man. So tell me how that, you know, how that shaped your ass and thoughts. I tell you what, there's a lot of estrogen in the house. I didn't understand that, you know, I tell you, a grown up with women, you learn your place real quick, right? It's like the lioness, right? They're really the real hunters, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. They only get up every once in a while, but the women, the lioness are really the real hunters, man. And, you know, I was sculpted and, and molded by women, right? You know, women have a tremendous balance of being able to check you, but also have that tender, loving care, right? Yeah. You know, they have that empathy for you. Um, not their youngest sister, not, not the middle child. The middle child is rogue, right? In every family, there's a woman. What is you know, it? Yeah, yeah. So, you know, growing up with that, just learning and understanding women, right? And yeah. hearing them talk and have conversations, let me understand, like, what a disconnect is, right? You're talking about men are from what, Mars, women from Venus, we're flip-flop however it goes. But it, it, was, it was a great experience. Within that story, my grandmother had seven children. Mm -hmm. She just recently passed. We'd be later to rest, like, yeah, December 11th. No, it was a life well spent, right? We talk about 85 years on this earth. Yeah. Where she's responsible for over 130 people. Right, so you talk about the tree of life, right? Seven kids, each one of those seven kids had three kids, each one of those three kids had three kids. And when you go down the list, it's about 130 of us that all spawned from her offspring. Yeah. Um, but you only know, talk about the women, the strength, right? Everybody understands, especially within the African-American community. So not that the men aren't strong, I feel like we're doing a better job of that, right? Being presence in our, in our kids' lives. You know, because we, a lot of us from our generation, not myself in particular, I don't know your story, yeah. but come from that, um, house that was led by the woman. Mm -hmm. And when our generation grew up, we wanted to give our kids what we didn't have. And that was the presence of a father. That's right. Right. Um, you know, a lot of times in our community, the fathers and the uh, male influences are the football coaches, the basketball coaches. Right. It's not actually family, you know, maybe a cousin or something like that. So, you know, I was fortunate enough to be raised by women, but we grew up on our block and it's my grandmother, the same, Woman, I'm talking about that responsible for all these yeah. beautiful people. Uh, seven of them on that block, we hold seven houses. Wow. So the story is she raised three generations. Um, 
her her second son passed shortly after the war. And I had three cousins that were living in California that had no idea about this family over here. Yeah. She went and adopted them and they went instantly for it just being the three of them to growing up in a place where it was 25 people on one block that was her family. And the other families were the same way because my grandmother moved here from Alabama. I was born in 1938. Yeah. She bought that house uh, with my grandfather uh, in 1950. She's been on that block, so she's like the unofficial mayor. Mm. But it was other families on that block that had been there for 20, 30, 40 years that had seven kids, right? And it just goes, so even though we had a whole two city blocks in Detroit, it maybe it was only maybe 12, 15 different families. So if even though it was 40 houses on that block, right? <laughs> His family is full with families and families. Right. So it really was a village, right? Even though you know, growing up in Detroit in the heart of the the the, the drug and gang epidemic, yeah. talk about the 1980s. Uh, it was, that's what I heard, like syringes on field. Oh yeah. Oh, oh yeah, man, you find all kind of stuff. Growing up, you know, then it's, it's like such a legacy there, right? And yeah. you know, that place always be home even though I reside here. Yeah. You know, when we go back and, you know, the high school is probably maybe only a 10, 10 minute walk right maybe only a four minute ride to the high school but every year we don't you know we love hood ride school right we yeah. dug down we dug down but there we don't have the student body that's organized enough to be able to have school reunions class reunions okay but what we do have is we have a school picnic every year and it's an amazing thing and it's a special thing that keeps me grounded when i go back there my mother's at the picnic with me Mm, you know, class of 68. My sister's there, class of 89. So okay. actively we've had, we have representation That's all throughout there. And the beauty and the crazy thing is when all those family members, we still have family members in that school. When they walk around that track and they show, you know, because we have on the football field and we have it in the outskirts around school. Yeah. I feel proud that when they look up, the arena says Bart Scott Stadium. That's right. right. It's like life coming full circle. And I tell people all the time, like what's, you know, what's born, what's, what's built last longer, what's born. Right? And I love the fact that I'm able to go back there and be able to show them there's nothing special about me. I'm not the biggest, I'm not some, it's not like I'm jail or something like that, or yeah, yeah. You know, some physically six, nine was like, oh, he was destined for greatness. Yeah. I always say it all the time. Was built last longer than was born. And some of us are born to be great. Yeah, yeah. But you have to build it yourself to be great, to be able to have longevity. There you go. And I love the fact that I'm not some massive guy, some six, seven guy, yeah. because much like Steph Curry, not put myself in Steph Curry. That's <laughs> all good. Not to put myself hey. in that category. What I'm saying is that shows you that greatness comes in every shape and size. Absolutely. So if a kid is looking at me and saying, man, I'm taller than him, bigger than him. Yeah. That gets their attention that they can, they can strive for greatness too. Absolutely. And it doesn't come in a David and Goliath, it's right. a Goliath type of format. David is just as important. Well, Come on. David, that's right. Absolutely. David is just as powerful <laughs> and impactful as Goliath is. That's fire, bro. His story, his story is home. I was thinking about, you know, like, it's for whatever reason, I always found myself vibing, you know, like Detroit, you know, Detroit people, Jersey, Detroit. Did you, so like, like club music was, was crazy. <laughs> house, house, music, yeah. house music, right? So that's a, that's a real thing. Top of the first wave. Top of the first couple of yeah. I'm like, man, me and Bart, like second cousins. And we're, 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 uh, real. You know, 
He over here in Jersey living it up. I don't know what yeah. my uncle be doing. I don't know what they be doing these streets. You know, <laughs> the, the, the family represent. I'm telling you, I bet, I bet you over now. There's a bunch of people look like me over now. Absolutely. Saying, my dad's probably out there wild. Yeah, man. So we growing up, obviously, you know, you're probably a little, little older than me, but, you know, for that 80s era. Mm-hmm. So, you know, another peculiar thing. I'm like, I'm like, you know, I'm thinking about the, the, the Simpsons, right? Yeah. Like, was there any other Black Bart? Like, yeah, I remember when Black Bart came out. Black Cowboy. Yeah, Black Bart the Cowboy. <laughs> listen, that's why, my, listen, that's why my gun's always loaded. You know what I mean? Of course. Because, of course, the easiest thing. It was old Bart Fart. Of course, Bart Simpson. Really, that's all you got for me, son. Yeah. You got to come a lot more than that to get them jokes. But I didn't know my dad's name is Bartholomew. My name was Bart. Why they, this is the dumbest thing in the world. I don't have to write. Hey, your dad, why you name me Bart and your name Bartholomew? Name me Bart because they thought it'd be hard to spell. Like, hold up, bro. If you the dumbest kid in the world, I don't care how this dumbest kid is, the first thing you know how to spell is your name. It don't matter. Like, we're going to get like, that right. Because like, like, you can go to after Pebble. So it's like after yeah. Moon will tumble, will tumble, will Dude, we've all played with Nigeria. They got like 37 names. They can spell, I can spell. Yeah, damn, wait, wait to set the expectations for my life real well. <laughs> like, oh, yeah, hopefully he can spell his damn name. Like, come on. Right, come on. B-A-R-T-H-O-L. Like, anybody can remember that. But anyway, so so I grew up. My dad's name was Bartholomew. I made, I, put, I made my first board have to bear, bear that cross if I had the name. Walk around. But one thing I know about Bartholomew. Yeah. The name. Put on an application. When I step in the door, before I get there, they have no idea whether I'm black or white. You know what I'm saying? I love you it. You know how it is with all them, I all, love all, it. All them 80s names. Deanna Devontae. You know, everybody, Jonas, he did. People come name his name at the cars, Porsche, for the Lexus. Strip club, you know. Yeah, Diane, Ultimate Seven. Come on, you better be friends if you name your child Seven. Come on. You know, you got Greta Powell. You better be rich. Yeah, Eli, I'll hit Buggy. Rich, you know what I'm saying? That's legacy. No question. As long as got Manny at the end, you good. You good. You don't need no money around here. Like, Eli kids don't have to spend nothing because what did daddy did? Come on, bro. So, so, so talk about that legacy. Yeah, so I did. So I did that, you know, growing up, Bartholomew. But, yeah. you know, I asked my dad also, like, well, why is my name Bartholomew? Because it's a biblical name. Like, well, why, why did your dad name you Bartholomew? Yeah. His dad name was Titus. My dad's brother's name is Walter and Baldwin. I'm like, yo, that makes no sense. We got a biblical name, we got Walter and Baldwin. Like, I got some clean, crisp. Yeah, he, but he said, he said his dad named him a biblical name like him because he thought that he was going to be special. Mm. Right? And he said, maybe my dad foresaw the future because I, you know, he's, he's modest. I'm not special. You're. You're, you're the one. You're the, you're the one. Yeah, yeah. So maybe he manifested it in me, like his grandfather. Maybe like when he had that vision, that little Nostradamus moment. But man, I skipped a generation. Listen, every life is a seed, man. Every life was a seed that produced fruit, man, through through Bar Scott. You know, but I, I feel like I need to do this. Yeah, bro. <laughs> so that's what we doing, man. So obviously, like I said, you came from, you know, it's, you know, like I hate the overused terms, but they're real, right? You came from the adversity. You came from mm-hmm. environment. Like I said, you had community. Yeah. Right. But I think, you know, when you, when you, you know, like you're one of the, one of the people and it's like, Hey man, you come from Detroit. People have low expectations sometimes. Oh, absolutely. You know, um, and I think sometimes we get that when people talk about our language, people talk about the way we speak or communicate. Oh, you know, like, oh, God, you speak so well. What the heck? First of all, yo, what the, the, what the hell does that mean? Just like a black athlete, you're black. Oh, you speak so what, what the hell? What? Well, you know what? I tell people, I, I said, as dumb as it is and sounds, there's this small part of me that actually understands because 
when you're less educated historically, then you have the propensity to speak all kinds of different ways. Yeah. And honestly, that's what makes black people dope because we're so dope that never way we, whatever way we spin it, it ends up being the movement and being quick. <laughs> so yeah. I was listening to this thing from Denzel Washington, right? To, to kind of talk about, you know, environment. Yeah. Right. So if you take a, um, a oak tree seed, right? Plant it in a pot. It never grow to be the great oak tree that it's supposed to be. You if you put it in fertile soil and give it room to grow, it'd become the massive, beautiful tree that it's supposed to be. And so it doesn't matter where the seed comes from. The go. seed can come from Detroit. The seed can come from Jersey. Mm -hmm. The seed can come from Compton. Yeah. It can come from the hood, but it's about where you plant it. And it's about giving it room to grow. So yeah, I grew up in Detroit, yeah. but I grew up in, a, in, in fertile soil because yeah. I'm surrounded by love and family. So it don't matter. You know, so I was protected. People knew it was gonna be a tough out. Yeah. You messed with it, you know. So backstory, my mother's maiden name is Pippin. Okay. Scott isn't my dad's last name, it's actually my mother's first husband married. God. So she wanted all her kids to have the same last name. So that's why my name was Scott, but actually my dad's name is Capers. Yeah. My mom and my dad was never married. Got it. So you go to the root name of our family, it's Pippin. Supposed to be related to Scotty Pippen. Mm. My the whole family. So growing up, it was the Pippen boys. Wow. Like and the thing is, because so many of so many of us that walk around like Bay kids, they could never really realize who we were yeah. by our last name. But they knew our features. Okay, no, you look like a Pippin. <laughs> One of them Pippins. We own Oh, Shucky Ducky. <laughs> so anyway, with that being said. I had older cousins, different generations of us. Like I said, it was seven, seven uh, women, or seven kids, three kids from each one. That's 21. Yeah. Each one of them had 21. That's 63. Right? But right. it was, but it was waves of us. I got so if you messed with one, it was time to slow. If the, the lower ones couldn't handle, we go to the bigger one. So even growing through all the gang yeah. environment, the drug environment, it was protected with exactly. And it was kind of like the golden child with me. They recognized early on that. Yo, listen, you know, listen, sometimes you got to put the pause. Y'all had to yeah. put the pause on. I had to Will Smith a couple people, you know Absolutely. what I'm saying? But that's just what it is. That, that builds you up. You know what I'm saying? That's really where the bad backers were created, was right there. You know what I'm saying? But, I mean, get to the league, like, what, man, you know how, what, what I had to deal with? There you go. Yeah. See, it, was, it was the same, like, my, my, my older sister, when she was like one of the few straight out of high school goes in the rings. So I had bullies. Like, my, 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 yeah. my sisters were determined that I wasn't going to be the punk. Yeah. And it was just that simple. And I, I appreciate that so much. You know, like I said, my dad was yeah, you, right? Come on, boy, you know how it is, bro. I was a dude calling him a big. You know what I'm saying? I'm walking around like, you know, and I, and I paid price. You know, I, mm -hmm. I took I took some major loves, you know. Mm -hmm. Garth Thompson was good for you. Yep. So then, come on, so man. You got hit on the field. Like, man, come on, man. Cat was <laughs> to punch me in the back of my head. Oh, <laughs> okay, hit with a book. You ain't going to touch, but this is nothing. So, so one thing, obviously, so that, that shape, that shapes young bar. Obviously, you know, you got coaches, mentors that begin to create the hunger in, in relation to the sport. Um, nothing came easy, it looks like, right? Like, no. obviously, no, no division one, whatever could go wrong went wrong. What were, the, what were some of the reasons where you're part, like, now as you're mature, yeah. where you're a part of the problem at any level? Um, I mean, obviously, like, you've got a unique personality where you're very intelligent, okay. but you're scrapping this. Well my, well, my dad always taught me to challenge what I'm, what I'm taught. Like, you don't just believe what you're taught uh, when you're being taught just because somebody tells you. You have to do your own research. You got to verify. You've, so 
growing up, I always had that type of adversarial type of personality that if a teacher says something, I was always taught to stand up for myself. And that's something powerful and sometimes reckless because like giving a kid power and you embolden them. And sometimes you may not use it, you have to learn how to use it. So if teachers say something I agree with, no, we, no, I'm not doing that. Right? And they're like, hold up, you a kid. Like, you, no, like, so yeah, you authority, I respect you, but I'm not, I'm not listening to what you say. Not easy. Right? So, so I got a couple of trouble before I can remember. I mean, you know, I went to school back in the day when you got pedal, right? Mm -hmm. By coach. Okay, coach. okay, okay. Coach, I'm not, coach. Okay, yeah, yeah. Coach Drake uh, beat the brakes on it. It is from Arkansas, so it's funny, but I, I was at practice. Like, we sit there and listen, remember, we're up in the hood. So, like, it was only 24 of us on the team. Yeah. You you really go both ways. I, the first time I ever oh, saw the first 24. Yeah, the first time, the, first, the first time I ever saw a bench in my life was in college. I never left the field ever in my life. I just turned around. Yeah. Like, same here. Same so, here. So, so, growing up like that, like, he was, they were building men. And, like, my yeah. defensive coordinator, uh, coach was, in the military, so he had no empathy for nobody, right? <laughs> like, we ran a mile before practice, then we went to the curves, and we would have the back of 200s, right? Full metal jack. And right. come back. Then we go over there, and we, we had a bench about this high. And we had, you couldn't blow you up to the whistle. You have to jump over it until like a minute. Yeah. Then the next group up. Then you go to the goal line, you have to do 10. Listen, it's crazy. This has been, what, 30 years ago. I still remember. Yeah. We had to still jump at the goalposts. That was sucking. Then jog an hour. We yeah. jog the 100 uh, yards. We do that five times. Then we start practice. Damn. Man, what? what? Like, Man. who wants some smoke? Man. Like, <laughs> the time you had to pay just to play football, right? You had to pay, you had to pay dues just to actually play Tired talent, right? So, like, yo, I was always taught to, to challenge you know, what I was, you know, taught. That yeah. I, I, I had a walkout in, in, high, in high school. We had a um, substitute teacher. You know, like, substitute teacher come in, they don't really care what you're doing. They, yeah. But in this particular instance, we had a, our typing teacher was sick. Typing, that's how old I am, right? Yeah. Type. You know, the kids only know what Typewriters, one of these things you push, <laughs> it stamps on the paper. If you mess up, you got to put real white out. <laughs> it's no correct. You know, so, we, we, you know, we had to type our papers. This dude come in and like, he would just give us math problems every day. Every day this dude gives us math problems. This is typing class. Typing. So he gives us, and like, this is how he determined your grades for the day. You got a, two minutes, you go, and if you get 80, it's like 100. They're all easy, two plus two, four plus. First of all, like, it's stupid, but, but you, if you get 80 of them right, that's a B, 70 blood. So every day, this is what we do. This is not even what we're supposed to do. So I tell the class, listen, do come here with that bull. Can I cuss on him? No, I won't cuss. He come on this bull crap. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Come on this bull crap. We leave it. So he come in, yeah. we have other little stuff so he can sit back there, put his feet up, move side. That has to work. Don't have to teach, don't have to yeah. educate. But he's been there for like a, like three weeks now. I got you. And you know, we want him. So as soon as he did that, I swear to God, I don't know why I had this power. I don't know why they listened to me. <laughs> so he put it out there, yo, we out. We out. Everybody got up and walked. He's like, who do you think you are? Bro, yeah, Malcolm X moment. Yeah. Like, yeah. we got up, stood up, like, left turn, right turn, walked out. Like, <laughs> peace. Right? <laughs> so, like, at this point, the principal come up, what are you guys doing? Yeah. Right? Of course, tell everybody to go back in. 
send me to the office, right? I got a game. I got a game. You know what yeah. I'm saying? But like now they say, yo, we're going to suspend him. can't go to the game. He's created a mass walkout, disturbed, whatever. <laughs> so like, they was like, we can't really suspend him because we need him to play the game. Yeah. So we're going to give it to his coach. So my coach come there. I've never got penalty in my life. Cause I've always been a good kid. I never got trouble. I had good grades. I never got trouble. Yeah, he comes there with like straight up, like school days, uh, pass. Street. Like so, it's like the plug plug. Like buddy, I forgot his name. Yeah, and he from he from Arkansas. So he like, Nick bro, you done lost your damn mind. Yes, yes. Who the hell you think y'all? Martin Luther King, Malcolm X. Bring your ass over. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Real one, bro. <laughs> so he hit me two times, bam, bam, whatever. It was like, yeah, hey, I, but the funny thing, I watched him, I watched him whoop one of my teammates. And this is crazy, though. This is what we used to let our coach whoop. But he's one of the best men I've ever met in my life, I've ever known in my life. It's so, great that you can see see both sides, right? Yeah. I mean, like, that was a part of the paradigm. Like, yeah. Yo, his wife was my science teacher in fourth grade. She paddled me too. <laughs> she had a ping pong paddle that was like, a cruelty click. Probably a better man. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> but, so, yeah, yeah, I am. I, every once in a while, you know, I'm a yeah. habitual line stepper. I got to get checked and get it pulled back. Yeah. But if I respect you, you can check me. If not, which we, we get, when we get later in the story, I'll tell you when I didn't respect you and the check came and it was a, so a whole different. <laughs> <laughs> I respect them, right? So, yeah, so I did that. I've always been told to be uh, to challenge what I've been taught. So Fantastic. sometimes it's been the best trait. Sometimes it's been the worst trait. Yeah. I'm just not going to accept it because you say that's what it is. So but that's the got to verify. That's the learning ground, man. That, that's that's like that's really how we evolve, how we're growing. We talk about being young, you know, young teenager, young. You discover young yourself. Yeah, absolutely. And I think that's something that I'm, you know, you're you're constantly. You know, I've been part of NFL. We're part of the NFL community. We're looking at young men. And that's something I always would lose a sight of because of the influence that these guys have. Yeah. And so they're being penalized for being immature, right? More talented than they are for being, you know, what, what do we want to call it? How many people have it figured out? There we go. At 20 years old, right? Just, just imagine what a professional athlete, a young entertainer has to go through. Yep. You're 21, 22, 23 years old. You're responsible for, to take care of villains because none of us take care of ourselves. You have to make an estate plan, a will and trust, and start planning out your death and retirement before you've even made 30 years old. Meanwhile, we got people that's 40, 50 years old that's gonna retire at 60 that haven't did their estate plan, will and trust, put those things in place. So you expect us to be able to understand that as we're evolving? Most of, most of our parents were still smoking weed and, and, and going out to, what, going to, their version of Coachella Woodstock back in the day. That's talking it. about live free and love life. I said, but they forget that's what they were. <laughs> the guy that they were talking about drug at, they were drug at. They were, but the, the boomers, friend of the day, shout out to the boomers. They were, I had a power. No, my dad told me one time, he said, no. My dad, I love you, dad. Look at what I got to do. He told me he was a no, and dude, like, lick your tongue up. First of all, Grown man tell me, lick my tongue up. Like, uh -oh. yo, first of all, five things to the what, face. What we will swift you right there on site. He about? said, lick your tongue. This dude put some LSD on his tongue. Oh, how? So first of all, I don't want to hear nothing about our generation. <laughs> that generation was on another one. They would lose. Stay, come on, man. Studio lose. 54. Yeah. Like, come on, man. Oh, Stop it. Like, I know it all. We, 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 like I said, I grew up under it, man. Boomers, let it, they let it fly. Yeah, but they forget. Yeah, and the criticism. We, we were recovering, right? We were yeah. like the recovering, like, oh, Ooh. my God. I'm divorced. I'm lonely. 
you know, keep it real generation, of course, emerging yeah. hip hop, all that, man. So we y'all babies, right? We 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 all babies. We the manifestation of what y'all did, Absolutely. what y'all didn't do. But don't act like y'all was perfect. You know what I'm saying? Every That's once true. every once in a while, every once in a while, I walk in the hood. I hear some comments, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I hear some comments about my aunties. I'm like, oh, I, auntie, what, what were you doing back in the age? They talking real reckless about you, auntie. <laughs> I didn't know I needed to verify. You know what I'm saying? I was wondering how you got this kid and that kid. You was all okay. Yeah. Okay, hold up. Oh, so don't be talking about these young fast girls here, but you was the fastest. Absolutely. So, boom. So, obviously, your, your career progresses. You're at Southern Illinois. Yeah. You know, like I said, especially at the top. What's supposed to be there, though? Supposed to be at Michigan State. See, but that's a whole other story. Mm-hmm. That's, I mean, you got to do like a, listen, if you're going to talk to me, you got to do like a Roots documentary. <laughs> like, it, it got to be a full part series. You know what I'm saying? We're going to figure this out. Yeah, we're so, talk, it up. We're so, so, supposed to be at Michigan State. Got so, it. committed to Michigan State as a junior, was a mm-hmm. uh, All American, and, and, and as a junior, uh, continued that all blue chip All American, all that yeah. stuff, as a senior. Uh, never really been out of Michigan before. Uh, we take tremendous pride in Michigan and, and like staying local, right? And, and, and being around people. So I committed as a junior, uh, actually to Nick Saban at the time. Um, was, it was my year as well. Yeah. So, so I, so I committed there and what happened was because I went to the inner city school counselor and leadership and guidance was not something that was a strong suit. Yep. It's, it's been one person, a couple of people made before me that went professional or went to college from my yeah. school, but you know, my school at one point had the highest dropout rate in the country, mm. right? Um, so um, committed there, but never knew that I had to take a test to get in. Jeez. Didn't know, right? So meanwhile, I'm an All-American as, as a junior. Uh, get to my senior year, my coach says, hey man, it's this test you gotta take. I'm like, all right, you know, I'm gonna sign you up for it. Yeah. Oh, don't know nothing about the test. I just show up, take the test, they're like, you have five minutes. I'm like, what? This is a time or test? Didn't know. Of course, didn't pass it, right? But it's not because I didn't have the ability to pass it, right? I was a 3.4, 3.3 student in that ring. Wow. So, so I was an A, B student. So it's so not like it was- That's line and scale. All you need is the low boy. They, they just didn't tell me. So what happened was Michigan State saw that I didn't pass my test and they pulled my scholarship. Man. So I took the next test. Blowing me up. <laughs> I thought I had no win. So I took the next test, which was the SAT, passed that, was fine. But that gave my test away. Got it. So whatever. So now I'm scrambling, didn't know, right? And I go to um at this point, I got my 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 I committed to a school really late. Um went to uh the All-Star game, which is held at Michigan State. Got it. Set a record for tackles in the game. All of a sudden, Bobby Williams at the time come with this brother brother stuff. You know what I'm saying? What was you at brother when I pulled my scout? Right? So he come with that. Uh yeah, I told them uh the in every nice way. Uh, kiss my, let's kiss right. Me. Yeah, yeah. All that, right? So like now I go back and when I was there, it was a guy there like, yo, this dude ain't got no scholarship. Wow. So he calls Southern Illinois, like, yo, man, offer this guy right now. He was a famous quarterback for the Dan Enos. Okay. Um, he was a fan. He ended up um, coaching Central Michigan later after, but he was coaching nice. uh, at uh, Southern Illinois. He, he had just left. And uh, they offered me a scholarship blindly. This is how naive I was. I had no idea what D1AA was. Never heard of it before. 
Got it. Right? Because every place that ever tried to recruit me was Michigan, Michigan State, like Big boys. Florida. Yeah. Every although I had no idea. You know, that I you know, I had nobody, my sisters and stuff didn't go to college. Yeah. So they offered me the scholarship and I was like, all right, I'll take it. Didn't know what color the schools were. They sent me a VHS to give me a tutorial <laughs> about what the school was and what the colors were and where. Did you know that Carbondale, Illinois is more Southern than St. Louis? Did you know Illinois go all the way down there? Yeah. Paducah, Paducah, Kentucky is 45 minutes. Paducah, I know somebody. But, 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 but to Paducah is east of me, not north. East, I drive this way to go to Paducah, Kentucky. I drive this way to go to Missouri. I drive this way to go to St. Louis. Great. Chicago was five, five hours up. Paducah, so, so I get I get there, right? So all of a sudden people start realizing that um I'm a fellow. Yeah. Like, yo, what, what do you mean, you So that's what Oklahoma, University of Oklahoma calls me. Oklahoma State, like, yo, Full scholarship, full scholarship. But I, commit, but I committed to this school. I don't even know where it is. Never heard of it. But my father told me something a long time ago. He said, the only thing a man has in life is his word. Is his word. So, so these, these, so Ohio, been, uh, so they found you yeah, up. Today. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, I mean, it's words. Like, you know, the thing is, when you leave and, and when our kids leave, I hope that it has the same effect. I believe that it's true. I can't verify. When you leave the nest, the words of your parents like ring hollow because those what you use, those are voices that you hear, you have to make a decision. When you read your parents, they make the decisions for you, so you lean on them, so we act like we're incapable. That's right. But when you're by yourself, everything that they taught you, all the training kicks in. It is. Right? So like, yo, all a man has is his word. That's right? right. And you don't break it for nobody. So they're like, listen, son, like Kansas, Kansas, listen, son, I appreciate what you're trying to do. This ain't apples to apples. <laughs> and I went with my I went with my heart. Because I'm like, here's a place that took a chance on me without knowing me. Yeah. When I when it looked like I was there. Yeah, and I just committed to him. And now like I'm like, so I went down there and I went down there, I was like, I was gonna give him a year. They were already in camp. Yeah. I went to I went I went there, we always got these high moments. I went I went there for I went there for a year and I was going I was going to uh I was gonna transfer like after a year. Yeah. I made like all conference, all state. I'm like, man, I'm, I'm 17 years old. Shine, man. Like, work. Kill it. I'm saying, going Kill to work, it. man. I felt like Ed Reed in college until I realized that Ed Reed was 24 years old. So he should not die. Chill out. You know what I'm saying? Now, these Florida, that's a whole other story, man. I mean, I'm not saying these stories, but I'm playing against these jokes. I'm starting to look at this like, yo, man. Like, hey, they were like, these dudes, 24 year old rookies in the league, yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, they were 23 year old seniors. <laughs> Like, man, of course, if I was 23, that was my third year. They were playing the hand. Yeah, I would have been the greatest college player, too. That's a whole nother story. I digress. So I, so I go there, um, and I make all everything, and I decide not to transfer. Yeah. And then later on, I ended up getting kicked off the team. So I was like, well, what did I show loyalty to? <laughs> I got kicked off the team uh, for trying to fight my coach. Mm. That's where we talk about uh, challenging what I'm taught. Right? Yeah. And... Uh, it's been some documentation about it because I tried to make this man jump off a goof, you know what I'm saying, for trying to ruin my life, ruin a kid's mm -hmm. life. His name was Michael Vite. Uh, and uh, he suspended me. He was only his first year there. Yeah. He had no, he knew nothing about my story, me sticking, keeping my word and stuff like that. Right. And uh, they call it Bar Scott's Fruitful for Beginners because the ass kicking was coming because he tried to smack an apple off my head. 
But that's a whole other story. Gotcha. For, for season three. I got you. Uh, well, show. Listen, all right, so Boop, obviously, you you know, like you you handle this, you're able to persevere through Southern Illinois. You know, I'm going to fast forward into your career in Baltimore, where obviously you're undrafted. Mm -hmm. um, you're in this amazing, one of the best franchises in the, in the league, yeah. and one of the most revered defenses. And obviously, you got uh, pillars with, with, within those years, right? Yeah. So, you know, tell me about kind of being onboarded into that ecosystem, how that affected you. You're a beast mentality, but, you know, undrafted, mm -hmm. finding your way over to that roster. $500 sign of the bonus. Mm. $269 out the taxes. I paid my sprint bill, bro. I remember, I remember like yesterday. I mean, the funniest thing when I got there, <laughs> first of all, I was even, uh, you, you already know. Yeah, the, the whiz, the cheapskate. <laughs> Dude called me, hey, hey, son, you, you think you want to be a Baltimore Raven? I'm like, yeah, yeah. He's like, I got $1,000 for you. I'm like, all right, bro. This dude called me back. This dude called me back. Swear to God. This dude called me back. I, you, you know you up to, you already know. He called, he called, he called me back. Like, uh, it was like, it might have been like a half an hour later. Like, you know that 1000 you got? He's like, man, I got 500 I said, let me do it. Yo, man, talk to me. like, 500 What are you talking to me like? Watching your car sense? Like, what are we talking about? Like, you, you still want to come? Like, yeah, what up? <laughs> Meanwhile, I turned down 50 grand from Kansas City because I was taught to pay chess, not checkers. I knew that the Ravens had just won the Super Bowl. They had a great defense. So they were in salary cap hell, and it was going to be an opportunity for a lot of young players to make the team. So I knew I had the opportunity. And kind of fast forward how college helped me and prepared me to be a unique linebacker in the league was the fact that my first year, I went in, I was only 195 pounds. I played middle linebacker. Yep. The second year, I was still there in the, and played football during a time where they had elements of the option in. Nice. So they moved me to free safety. Nice. So then I kind of played through my career. I played safety for a year, free safety for a year, rover for a year, linebacker. My school was so trash at the time. <laughs> when it came to pass rushing downs, I would get down a three-point stance and rush the passer. Oh, so versatility. Yeah. So, so Phil Savage tells the story about how he found me. It's almost like finding a water boy, right? Mm -hmm. So we had this because I got kicked off the for uh, because I got kicked off the team. Uh, people kind of lost who I was. Yeah. Right? They kept stopped following me because I played in there. I played against Tony Romo and yep. those guys. So it was decent guys there. Yeah. I'm still from the division where Rodney Harrison came from. Yep. Also, Kurt Warner and all that stuff. So, you know. Uh, People kind of forgot who it was, and, and um, it was just one guy named T.J. McCray that was like uh, asked the Chicago Bears for uh, my tape. And it was like, ah, oh, this dude ain't really nothing to look at. Mm -hmm. Thank God that other people do their homework instead of ah. taking cliff notes, right? So T.J. McCray was like, ah, oh, let me see it anyway, right? So T.J. McCray lets, lets him see, see the tape, and he's like, yo, mm. <laughs> all right, right? <laughs> So let's so, it on the low. So he calls he calls Phil Savage, who's the head of college scouting. Phil Savage sends Joe Hortiz down, who and all these guys funny is all at the Ravens now. They still there, and they've all been right. elevated. The calls Phil Savage ended up becoming the uh, GM for the Cleveland Browns. Okay, and I would like to say some of that was based on finding me. Absolutely right. So um, golden. And so 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 <laughs> so what happened? He's like um, he came and worked me out at Joe Hortiz. Like ah oh, whatever, man. Because Champaign, Illinois is only two two hours away from Southern Illinois. Okay. And at that time, Soldier Field was being renovated. And so Chicago was right there. So they see me. Mm -hmm. So like they I'm in their backyard. Yeah. And so meanwhile, uh Joe Ortiz works me out, right? And 
like I'm, I'm doing my thing, and but he's not telling me nothing. So after the after the workout, listen, first of all, I was the only one there for my pro day. Yeah, this dude didn't give me, this dude didn't give me no water. So you got you got no, no rest. He's trying to break because he didn't care. Like he like man, whatever. He think he come to just work out some bump. Got right. It. I ran. I did eleven two broad jump. 38 inch vertical, but I hit my arm on thinking I got a 40 inch vertical, but I hit my arm on web because he made me, he made me do my vertical differently. Right? See? Cause cause we don't have no workout facility in Southern North North. We ain't got we ain't like Syracuse. We ain't got <laughs> so he worked me out at the studio facility fit. Yeah. So he made do made me take chalk on my finger and I had to jump and touch the wall. Oh boy. So of course, first of all, when you jump and, oh boy. and you reach and touch the wall, your hand ain't up. You 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 actually have to, bro. So I had to tap the wall and put a chalk marker there. He messed the chalk. The jungle gym activities y'all had, bro. He didn't have the thing, so I had to do it. And I hit my arm on the way up as I jumped up. My arm hit. And I still got a thirty-eight. That's Forty-one inch for certified. <laughs> anyway, certified. So so okay. so so after the workout, he was like, "Listen, I'm not gonna tell you what you did, man. But this was the, the greatest workout I've had in five years." Mm. Uh, even since I worked out Kendron Bell a couple years ago from the University of Georgia. So I ended up running four, five, one, 40 inch vertical nice. hill, but they kept making me do the three box. You remember back in the day, do the three box? Oh, yeah. So I did three nine, right? So they're like, yo, no, hold on, you gotta do that again, yo. This, this is a receiver time. Three nine and four. Yeah. Three nine is out of this world. So I, when you just said that, I'm good. I, I want that arose in my heart, but this is your show. It's very, it's very, very funny, right? It's not fake news, real fast, right? So like, they made him keep doing it, right? So he goes back and he he, he tells like Phil Savage, he's like, man, foolish, you know what So they send Mike, they, they send Mike Smith down the next week. I'm like, yo, man, I just worked out for y'all. Like, no, nah, man, we got, we got to do this again. Like, so for people who don't know, or people who don't forget, Mike Smith was the linebacker coach for the Rays, but he was a long time head coach with a lot of Falcons, dude with the white hair, the random way, yeah, right? So he comes down there and works now. He's like, yeah, you fast. You know what I'm saying? So, 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 that's, so, that's, so that's how I end up getting, uh, that's actually how I end up getting invited. That's how they follow me. So newsflash, the dude from um, the Chicago Bears, and I don't remember your name because you're not that important, <laughs> but that year he got fired because the Ravens fought me in Southern Illinois, and yeah. everyone in two hours away from me, he told the Ravens I was nothing to look at. Because mm -hmm. for a lot of people out there were around draft season, and I don't know when you're gonna show this, yeah. but for the for people out there to know this is around draft season, yeah. right? So in the draft, a lot of teams are cheap. So they uh, they they uh, subscribe to a, a mass scouting program yeah. where they'll share numbers with people because they may not afford or want to send their scouts and spend the money and the revenue to have them go work out every potential mm -hmm. prospect. Remember how many colleges it is in the world. Exactly. They don't want to do that, so they share it. So the Ravens in Chicago shared stuff, but they mm -hmm. verified. You know, that's why to this day, I never worry about what somebody else tells me. I, I verify it for myself. There you go. Because I'm a product of that. So going to the Ravens and being able to have an opportunity to play in that, um, you know, heritage type of um, yep. franchise was a blessing. <laughs> I learned a lot. I like to say I went to like the, um, Harvard or Stanford of uh, of defense, right? Yeah. I can talk it, I can walk it, I can explain it, and I can I can break I can break it down. Uh, it was a tremendous experience, but it was tough, man. It was tough, and it was a lot of vets. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Bernardo Harris. I wouldn't be here if it wasn't for Ed Hartwell, mm -hmm. who nice. the year before was drafted by the Ravens in the fourth round. Uh, 
went to the University of Western Illinois mm -hmm. and got drafted. It was the starting uh, linebacker there, but he put me to the side and he helped me out while all the other guys were partying and hanging out and that <laughs> stuff. I was actually doing my work. Mm. All the things, and that's why I tell people all the time, you can't connect the dots looking forward. You only can connect them looking backwards. Yeah. And I didn't know that it was God's plan to get me these necessary skills at this school that I would never, if I went to a big school, I would have never got these skills. I never would have played safety, linebacker, yeah. DM. So what happens when I got to the Ravens, they got kind of like a, a, a guy with a skill set that could do a lot of things and they utilized that. So I was the starting dime. Usually yeah. linebackers aren't the starting dimes yeah. for the Ravens my rookie year. Then also they, they worked me along slowly, but they created these things, Rex created these things called bark games. Mm -hmm. It's basically, I'm a standing up defensive lineman. Nice. I'm running line stunts, you games, yeah. TE stunts, uh, me games, uh, because I had played defensive end yeah. in, 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 um, in college. Working right? every skill set. So, so it, it, it kind of helped me out because I was closing the middle and doing radars with Ed Reed when he blitzed and the guy runs a shadow cross and I'm the post safety. I come out and grab it. He replaced me there with the corner yes. because of my experience and because I was forced even though I may not have been the most fluid guy, right? You know what I'm saying? As far as compared to me to like the the Earl Thomases of the world, something no, like that. But you got so, a basic starter. Yeah, because I was forced to have to go to individual Absolutely. and do individual DB drills. Absolutely. So you get DB feet. Absolutely. So I had DB feet, I had DN tenacity, and I had middle linebacker type of uh, instincts. Boy, you had that Voltron flow working, man. You had yeah, things yeah. coming together. And I was gave me $500. <laughs> I got you got, I got, got his ass back. back. I got him on the say I got his ass back. Uh, I made him put the five hundred dollars in there too. Oh, that's that's oh, what I got. Go. I just made me. Open. Yeah, so you got it back. You know, you, you, you worked up to it. That got that re up season. But you know, I think about like I said all those different dynamics. And it's, it's great that you mentioned that. Because I remember him being a, 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 a dynamic linebacker. But um, you know, but now now you have those strong seven. Especially I'm telling you, like fourth season on. Obviously, the play starts increasing. Stats start going crazy, you know. You're getting some decent, decent bread, which is which is amazing. Then, boom, the the, the major shift comes, right? So, and it's not like I want to know who are the real influences, right? Because I kind of like, you know, I get the idea where everybody likes to leave themselves made, but at the end of the day, it's not a real concept. I Meaning, like somebody has to sign your check. Somebody is speaking your wisdom. Like nobody, nobody's. So. I tell people it's, it's like it's it's a myth. You like yourself, you might be self motivated. You know you're saying? Self -made, no. self made, no, right? Who 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 signed your first check? Who gave you your first dip, right? So who who, believed the, who were the great courage? Who believed in you? So who were those people that shaped you? Like when 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 it was discouraging moments? Well, you know, like you know, right now we're watching the war, right? And we understand what Russia's doing, right? Yeah. And listen, I'm not getting political at all. Yeah. Right. But, you know, they have state TV and they brainwashed the people. Right. It's, it's real. So I would brainwash by my mother, <laughs> my mother all the time. She addressed me as great Scott. That is fantastic. She always called me great Scott. Say I was destined for greatness in my head. So like she said it so much that I believed it. Great Scott. So, it's, it's great Scott. They so don't even know that that's an OG Batman Robin reference yeah. right there. Great yeah. Scott, Batman. Yeah, and and, and they, they used to they used to put that in the newspaper. They were like, Great Scott does it again. That's like, oh. and she just beat it in my head, and I believe this. Takes me back to uh, to this, uh, and I, I'm going to chop it all up, uh, quote that Will Smith used to say, right, when he told his, his, his father, told him, listen, 
people will treat you if you act, if you act like a star, they'll treat you like a star, right? Yeah. Uh, you, the, the way you treat yourself is how other people see you. That's good. So if you see yourself as great and destined for greatness, people want to see you that. See that when you manifest it, people don't realize how strong and powerful words are. So when you tell a kid and you talk to them and talk down to them, tell them they're dumb, they're yeah. stupid, they're intelligent, they believe that. And they'll never have the strength to go out and try to dare to do something great. You got to dare to be great, right? There you go. And daring to be great starts with bar, with first saying, right? <laughs> the, the first step. To being great is making a decision that you want to be great. That's it. And then your your words, your actions have to do it, right? And my mom used to say all the time, so two things, she called me Great Scott. Yeah. And she always used to say, shoot for the stars, land on the moon. Cool. And when I was working out, when I'm training, that's what I hear. Yeah. Like, yeah. Whenever yeah. I do anything, that's what I hear. Yeah. Self-talk. She used to make me, no matter what, if she would mark my paper up and she would make me write it 57 times. She'd say, <laughs> you see. So... I say that to say this, you don't do it to finish, you do it right. There you go. Right, you do it until the job is done. Like, yeah. No matter what it takes, and this and that's the key to my success. Boom. If it takes me three times as long as it takes you to get it, it doesn't matter to me because I got it. Mm -hmm. So this, yeah. at the end of the day, we both at the same place. So we, It may come easier to you and it goes back to what's made last longer than was born. There we go. So that don't matter to me, bro. Well, the pay price, though. I'm not, yeah, I'm listen, I'm willing to say, people ask me, I'm like, how do I live to the league? Like, consistent effort. <laughs> Part of it is showing up every, every day. day. And every day, giving it your all. And like, that's the thing, like, because we, we, we like to do this thing where we pin medals on kids, right? Uh -huh. Like, we pin medals on kids because they win the Little League World Series because they're great here. Listen, success in life is not a sprint. It's a mm -hmm. marathon. Absolutely. Right? Like, like, you just talked about what Pat McAfee is at, right? Yeah. Like, crazy numbers. So, you see what Pat McAfee is. Yeah. He was a punter. <laughs> if he keeps his trajectory, he'll end up with more money in his bank account than paid Mac. 100%. Right? Right now, like, if, 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 if he, he pays more right now than a chapter. My point. Crazy. Well, $30 million a year. Yeah. If he re-ups next time and gets... 50 million a year, you're looking like, hold on, this dude, but people, you know, sometimes we look down on people. That's why I tell people all the time, That's right. be, be courteous and nice to people. That's it. And the same people you see going up are the same people you're going to see going down. Right, it's a bar. You got to respect every man. So, like, people get that so far in context, because we, we, we tough, we men, but respect yeah. every man. And football is a beautiful part of that, right? Yeah. And, and, and I think football is like the microwave of life, right? <laughs> Give it to me. Give me this. Because, because when you sit there, right, you come in as undrafted free agent, all the people that look down on you and all that stuff, they stay to get older. And we always laugh, right? Because the closer you get to the front of the plane, right, it's a sign of respect. Yeah. The closer you are to being out of the plane, right? So, like, come up, like when you're young, you're looking down on dudes, right? Yeah. Oh, this little dude, he ain't this and that. He, so, like, and I had teammates like that that thought I was was, was bum salad, right? Yeah. But at the end of the day, when when it when it clicked and then when it's my time trying to take advantage of it, right then I look for all them. Like oh. we always have teammates. Like you come in, he's a first round draft pick, he's been worshipped, right? Then he starts maybe struggling, not living up to expectations, mm -hmm. and then you end up getting the second contract, you start balling, then you jump him. That's so like when I'm here, then I go here. Am I not the same person here? It's easier for this person yep. to remain the same person. It's harder for this person to become a guy that's used to being on the top to being on the bottom. You know, you know, I ain't gonna say it. You tell the people, what what would the guys say? Those who are first would be lattice. Okay, those who are lattice would be first. Exactly. So listen, right. and the meat shall head to earth. So, 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 <laughs> I understand that, bro. Give so I already, I already know I'm gonna get it. I'm gonna get I it. Eventually, you can't stop it from me because it ain't yours to get to me. 
So let me get your thoughts on this real quick, right? Because we're talking about success. Everybody wants to be successful. Most people don't understand all the dynamics that it takes. How did success affect you, right? Because it you see a lot of guys when they get the, the bag and then they're no longer the same player, right? The hunger yeah. ceases to exist. I'll even be honest and say that I never got the bag bag, but I'm the highest special team player in the league at one yeah. point. And it, it didn't like like distort me crazy, but it was it's something that happened. It was yeah. like I was still hungry, but I had different opportunities. But it was like, you know, I'm eating better. Yeah, right. Like, you know, like so how did how did success keep how did you have success and still remain hungry? Cause for me, I had to validate it, right? Okay. Because everybody didn't agree with it, right? I had a guy, Mike Nolan, that, you know, like didn't think I was good enough to play. Yeah. Right? They just had this thing with me when I was in Baltimore. They used to say that's bark bed bark. So yeah, bark bed bark. So like I would have a bunch of good plays and I have a play like, look, what the hell was he doing? Right? <laughs> and he'd be like, that's Barb and Bart, right? So Mike Nolan at the time when I got there was the defensive coordinator. Mm-hmm. He's the one who switched the Ravens from a 4-3 to a 3-4. No. Right? He he used to tell people like, nah, man, like, yo, like whatever. Like and Mike and Mike Singletary was there, right? And he had this man crush on Ed Harper. And he loved him from Ray Lewis and Peter Bowyer. Yeah. But I didn't get the same level of attention or coaching that, that those guys got. Yeah. Right? So when those guys left, I got this coach named Jeff Fitzgerald. You know, everybody remember him because he used to do the uh, the combat time. He's like, boom, boom. He's like the high guy. He's like the little high guy, right? Uh, and he became the linebacker coach uh, when Rex Ryan, um, yeah, he, right, right before Rex he was coordinator, but he was he was there. But then when Rex came, he became the, the straight up linebacker coach. Yeah. And he put me in his office one day. He said, "Listen, man, I think you can play." He said, and I had made some big splash plays, like you know, help us win a couple games. Yeah. He was like. I'm getting out of here. Mm. He was like, they got this thing in there. They say Bart being Bart. You know what I see when I look at the film? I see a player that is probably the most efficient big playmaker that I've ever that that's on this team. Mm-hmm. I see a guy that makes plays every he makes seven out of ten plays. Yeah. I'm gonna get you out and make eight or nine out of ten. He was like, mm-hmm. I'm gonna get it out of you. That's like, a bar. That's a bar we think about how people see things different. Yeah. Right? Everybody watching the same, same, same film, but this one guy can see something totally different. Yeah. So, 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 he coached me. I, I accepted it, and I and I thanked him, right? Because yeah. that was the first time that somebody had put me to the side. Yeah. yeah. I came in, I was special teamer, right? You know what I'm saying? You know how hard it is to change oh, the stripes oh. when that's what they brand you with, with the scarlet <laughs> left. Right? They don't know my story. They don't know how I got there. They don't know that hey, I never really played one position because mm-hmm. I went on a team that didn't have stars, right? <laughs> but but what they what they learned is. I could deal with chaos. Yeah. The reason I could deal with chaos is because when you go to a smaller school and you're the best player and you're playing against other teams that's better than you, yeah. you're used to a guard being in your face. Yeah. You're yeah. used to a tight end being able to crack out you. Because the people in front of you are not capable of doing their job. Absolutely. And now you're going to put me here. A guy that's used to dealing with chaos, people all over the <laughs> place, people getting to me. I'm doing, going through everything to make that play. I got to work yeah. so hard to make that play. So you give me a loading dollar? <laughs> Do you give me Trevor Price? You give me tea sizzle, man. I'm back there keeping the picnic, like, man. Like, hold up, man. This is this is a light, this is a light brisk little rain. I'm used to being in a tornado. I'm loving it. Man, bro. this is barbecue chicken. This all day. I make this day on my life. It's easy. So it's good to go from hard to easy. It's hard to go from easy to hard, right? Mm-hmm. It's hard to adjust to that. Okay. So like, you know, he's like, I'm gonna get it out of you, right? So I ball out first year. Like, like I remember Ray got hurt, and like they they did this thing. 
where like they put my first 10 starts versus his 10 starts and all my numbers are better. But not this, he was a rookie. Yeah. Like either that, I was in my third year. Okay. But you know what? Matter of fact, that might not have been different. Because uh-huh. guess what? I got to the league when I was 20. Those dudes, great right from Florida, he probably was 37 years old. <laughs> so that's a different thing. So but they did this thing. Like I played 10 games, I had 125 tackles, yeah. five and a half sacks in 10 games. So then that's when yeah. like that's like, hold up. Mondo, man. That's like that. We we might have something here, right? Yeah. <laughs> so so the first year I was a full-time starter, went to the Pro Bowl. Nine and a half sacks as a middle linebacker, like three picks, 150 tackles, That's right? True. So one of those games, we play the San Francisco 49ers. Like, no. Yo, when you talk with about booty, with that booty shut tie on. Yeah, when you talk about being <laughs> locked out, I still got I still got film that. Like I'm hitting every play. So I'll say this, right? That was the second year. After I went to my Pro Bowl year. I go to the uh, Hawaii. You've been there plenty yeah. of times, right? You know, the, you know the Lonnie Hotel, right? Yeah. Everybody around the pool. He's sitting there talking to Tiki and, and Rondé. Yeah, right? yeah. They ended up he head coach, right? I go there, and this dude tells me, "Hey, part, what are you doing here?" I said, "What I'm yeah. doing here? Hot here, bro." I'm like, "Yo, I'm here because I'm. What tell you why I'm here? I'm here because I got nine and a half sacks, three picks, eighteen tackles for a loss, hundred fifty tackles. <laughs> That's what I'm doing here." But he's trying to show off for Tiki and Ryan that, right? Because uh, at this point, I'm still a young dude. I'm still this young. Is the ego business. Yeah, I'm still young. He over there because at this point, Ryan Day and Tiki are established brands and people. So he over there trying to live it up with them. So that year, we played San Francisco. Ooh, you talk about a circle game? Like Frank Gore ass. <laughs> you thought he got his ass kicked by uh, the, the boxing match. He didn't know what it comes So I was worse than that. Yeah, worse than every box, man. He's like, Darren Williams, go back, hit me again, man. This move crazy. Yo, playing his ass out. <laughs> and every time, every play, right to their bench. That's why I'm here, brother. That's why I was there. Like, he got so, got so bad that this dude turned around. He wouldn't, like, he see, didn't see me come. Yeah, he, he wanted not hit You hear me, though. You're going to feel me. Don't you ever disrespect me like that. You know what I'm saying? Coming for the respect. Yeah, yeah. All right, so back to, he wasn't quite on the over. The coaches are usually on the field. He, he knew if he got too close, I would have been the first wheel. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> All right, so, boy, you're full of confidence. Your whole life has been breathed into you. What, like, when I think about transitions, right, and I, obviously we've been on this narrow road to high performance. That's a narrow road, to be able to single in, get great at something. What has been the most difficult transitions? You you know, you're in the marketplace and different things. What have been the pain points that you've experienced as you're evolving in whatever area? Well, it's working out, right? I mean, post-career is about managing failure, right? We all fail or something, but cool. at this point, we're trying to learn how to adjust to figure out what we want to be great at uh, post-career. We throw stuff on the wall, seeing what sticks. And, you know, I never really thought I wanted to go into to, to media. Yeah. Um, but it was suggested to me, and what I've learned is, like, when I was in the league, when I was in college, I never thought about going to the league. It wasn't until um, until one of my coaches came to me, and um, he said, yo, I think you, your skill set and what you do and your combination of skills is what they want in the league. Adrian White, right? Adrian White played actually for Bill Belichick, not Bill Belichick, played for Bill Parcells. He played for the Giants, too. Okay. He was a safety from the University of Florida, but he had spent some brief time uh, before he left and went to Florida at Southern Illinois playing. Having a heck of a memory. Yes. It's crazy. 
<laughs> so, 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 Adrian, so Adrian White told me, you know, he's one brief life for me. So, like, when they told me, hey, you know, I actually had an opportunity a year that Seattle won the Super Bowl to play there. I was coming from my reconstructive surgery on my big toe, mm -hmm. and I wasn't ready until, like, late August. But, you know, they, they wanted me to come out there and maybe be a backup and mentor to Bobby Wagner. At that point, I'm only 31 years old. So okay. still, but one thing I learned is you have to be able to trust what other people see because we're emotionally invested. So nice. I was like, well, at what point do I have an opportunity to make a smooth transition and exit out the game? That was the first time I really had, that was my first and only major surgery. But I knew I was, I had put a lot of damage. You know what I mean? Playing linebacker, playing in the time we played, I came in a little brief, 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 a little bit before you. Different type. You know, what, oh, just, what, yeah. Oh, three, yeah. yeah three. What, the, what those head injuries were all about and what that was in. And concern right. is like, well, I have an opportunity to go work for CBS as an undrafted free agent and be able to to be on the stage with James Brown. Pull, pull it, you just pulled it back and then receive the opportunity. Tony Gonzalez, I got that, Shannon Sharp, I got that opportunity. And I started off on a smaller show for one year and then they gave me the promotion to the big show. Nice. You know what I mean? Sitting in the same seat that now Nate Burleson sits in. Yep. And my heart wanted to play football because it was like, okay, I don't want them to tell me when I'm done. And you know, you never want to leave off an injury because yeah. you want to prove that you want to, I still can bowl. That's right. Like people that know that I played 13 games with a torn ligament without my big toe touching the ground. Literally, I played with my toe, my, my great toe in the air, and I cut off the, the front of my shoe and had a fixed well, foam thing. And I had two pads underneath there because my foot would not move. It had nothing to push off of, so I yeah. put stuff underneath it so it could just feel like I'm pushing off. But I could run, and I had to open up and ski start, but I couldn't stop. You know, quickly. So if I overran it, I just had to take my shot. So of course they think, oh, you got bad film out there. Bar can't run anymore. No, why do I have a toe? <laughs> but instead of doing that, I played 13 games when I ended up tearing another ligament in the other toe. So I didn't have toe to reconstruct. So my toe now doesn't bend because they didn't have enough wire. It just goes here so I can do yeah. this. I can't curl it. I got a finger like that. Yeah. So, so. You know, that that was that was the, the end of that. What was the original question? But just by the you know, just Oh yeah, so yeah, yeah, the uh, pain points. What has been the pain points? Yeah, you're like you said, me and you we yeah, we have the same marketplace. Yeah, so it's it's been I started off and this is the first time in my life that I got the big opportunity like I was a first round draft pick. Yeah. I mean I go to CBS, there's only three big shows, CBS, ESPN, uh, and Fox, right? It's maybe NBC really was bangling. He was on the big stage, yeah. Yeah, and and I feel like I fumbled it a little bit because I didn't get the second contract, right? Yeah. And they blew the show up because Phil Sims came down out of the booth, Tony Romo. Yeah. He's been doing an excellent job. He's killing. Right. So then Phil goes there, exits me out, right? So yeah. then I end up becoming the first African American to host the afternoon drive, you know, taking over from Mike Francesa. No. Right. So I'm like, okay, I'm doing my thing here. They got impatient. Mike Francesa came back. So then they moved my spot. Gotcha. So I would lose that opportunity. Right? Yeah. So then, you know, my friend says he's leaving. The fan offers me an opportunity to uh, take the spot back. But now I'm like, you know what? Y'all didn't show me love. So now they, now they, they Nick Saban me. You know what yeah. I'm saying? They're like, yo, you didn't believe in me <laughs> before, but now that Mike's gone and he kind of, you saw he fizzled out. That's and best. now my show at that time, you know, CMB was number one. Now you want to, now you got to look, now you love me. <laughs> right, so I'm like, you know what? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. So I go to ESPN, but what happens, right? I got to get to the back of the line because even though 
a lot of the people that I work with, I came in with a better resume, right? I called some more 50, you know, mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? Yeah. San Francisco, 126 million people. They, I had that responsibility Bro. and I was there. That's so now I come here and it's like, okay, Dan Olasky is just yeah. why I do. But meanwhile, none of them has ever done that. Yeah. But humility, right? Remember, those right. who are first will be last, those who are last will be first. So I understand. So I get back and I'm back to the back of the line. Yeah. Slowly, currently right now, I'm working my way back up. Okay. And yes. then, but this is the thing. This isn't, this, this isn't an unfamiliar journey for me. Fantastic. To get back to the top. So I've been here before. I got scar tissue. I can right. I got things I can recall on. So I don't get impatient. Excellent. I don't ever doubt myself. Excellent. I just know I can do things better and I know I can gain for the experience, right? Excellent. I'm, I'm coming. Chug it, chug it, chug it. And I'll right. be there. Be on the lookout, man. So a couple more things, man. You know, obviously I'm known for this this moment in New York sports history. Um, you know, so I always want to ask you, oh, you're just going to cheat in that moment. No, no, say you're no so, theme. I'm going to say greatest play in Super Bowl. You see that? 100% fat. Fact, man, just right? history. You know, but so, and, but you actually have this moment too, right? But before I get to, 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 to can't wait and yeah. that, that make that moment so iconic, I got to ask every guest, you know, when you saw the helmet catch, the, what, what were your thoughts? Um, you know, like, where were you? What were your thoughts? Because these are the craziest stories I get. So I got to start asking my peoples, where, where were you? What were your thoughts? And was there any crazy story? Well, where was I when I would have yeah. Well, first of all, that was the, that was the year where, yo, y'all hit the little 99 yard little press out joint, right? Because <laughs> I feel like that's like the role should be reversed. Well, that's 2012 in the Cruz. Okay, okay, okay. I'm, I'm away. Okay, oh, wait, okay. So, oh, eight, I'm in Baltimore. I'm in Baltimore. I'm supposed to be in that Super Bowl. No, 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 no. We had a whack year that year. That was 2009. I was supposed to be in that Super Bowl. 2008 was the undefeated year. That was the year I threw the flag in the stands, got kicked out, got fined 25,000 pictures, right? Right, 20, because they cheated. We're supposed to beat them. And yeah, yeah. so so I hated them. So actually, I was rooting for, you know, I, I was rooting. I was hoping to God, baby Jesus, I was praying. You know what I'm saying? Remember, I was like, yo, did that, though, that had to touch the ground. Like, oh, it's no way in hell. Like, I don't know. This that was the, so. What happened when the ball was about to come down? The Holy Spirit just came to the like, question. Oh, no, like, this is moment, Jesus. This is moment. This said, it's fast. It's like, like when we did the sports science joint, that's not even supposed to be possible. You're not supposed to be able to do that. You know what I'm saying? Listen, I brought you down a little ab game, but just a little snap back. It wasn't supposed to be like that. It was something that put you in something like navel. You know what I'm saying? Push back. If you were there and he was there, it was just enough. And Rodney Harris is a little strong dude. We knew he took the oh, HGH. Yeah. We know he got caught. Oh, it was a five HGH. Yeah, he yeah. got caught with the HGH, right? So we knew he was trying to put he, he had the strength to pull that out. You know what I'm saying? But your fingertips are sticky. I don't know what happened on your helmet, what you had on it. All that. It was like the perfect storm. Yeah. That's what's, what's crazy thing is, right? That we all know. When people ask you and they say like these iconic kind of moments when you did things you don't remember, like it's like it's like those are the moments like that was meant for you. It was for you, it's for you. And it's nothing that nobody can do about it. Perfect. They could have been sitting there, it could have been 20 people punching. The ball would have somehow bricked in, stuck into your face, man, and yes. you would have caught it with your face. Bro. So everything your whole life talks about, right? You know, like you go through your process, the adversity. I call it the pain, I call it the perseverance, and I call it the providence, right? The promise. There's certain things that's just for you, right? But also recognize that if there's a process, there's a journey, there's all these particular steps that maybe are uncomfortable. The, the crazy thing about, you know, your 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 awareness and your belief is, is obviously what sets you apart and continues to put you 
and, and, and lay for these crazy opportunities that you're still out here killing the game in the media space. I, you gotta, I gotta get into to can't wait, right? Because when I think about, you know, like that's this iconic moment, I still randomly visit can't wait on YouTube. Yeah. So like, obviously the energy's crazy. You up against, you know, the people that charge, you think daddy, so you don't look at them like we look at them. You're like, hey, listen, oh, we beat them all in New England. I got nothing but hugs. I got love on tap. We here, look, look, look right. This is what you're supposed to say. <laughs> Never talking about it. Bill, Tom, who's the cat? <laughs> I'm the cat. I'm the cat that now. I'm the cat. It's my fault. <laughs> you, 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 you dominate everybody. I'm the cat. Listen, uh, you didn't that. I told you I'm coming back. I've been out here in you know the trenches raising raising kids for a long well, time. Okay, so we, this is coming out party. We're gonna have you know we're gonna get naughty a little bit. Yeah, but God. tell tell me about that that moment, right? And obviously, I think your your as stellar as your career was, that was the moment where everybody saw like this dude's different. Yeah, yeah. So like, what, what what was that, and what is going into that? I know it's not something that you you know like you feel the need to talk about, but you know that it's yours. Well, like, this is the thing, right? Like, never feared any man. Yeah. And to never fear any man means you never fear any team. So coming to a place like New York, coming to the Jets, you know, I was comfortable where I was, mm -hmm. but it was the belief in the Reds. It was the love for him. That love. I wanted my journey, my story to be linked with his, right? Because his story was similar to mine's, right? When I went there, he was the D-line coach. They used to let him do the blitz packages, yeah. but they weren't showing him the love that he deserved, mm -hmm. right? He was responsible for a lot more, right? Yeah. Like he's the son of Buddy Ryan, right? All that type of stuff, but he wasn't given the respect or getting the respect. People loved him, revered him in there. Yeah. It was the fun room, right? He was the room like, you go in their room, you know how that. You go in certain uh, meeting rooms, Robert's here, room, Lionel oh. room, it might just be a board there. Or he had like posters, pictures of girls. And like, <laughs> they, they used to do this game where they gambled and it was buckboard. It's like, yeah. just touch the board fast. I can know. Yeah, they, that's, that's old in the film. Yeah, yeah. They Everything's grew, clean now. Yeah, they grew, like, they grew laughing, having fun, and all that type of yeah. stuff. So, like, I watched him bust his ass and get the respect. <laughs> and in the first year that, that Harbaugh was there, like it was almost a couple of mutinies because everybody was so disappointed that Rex didn't get the head coaching job. Mm -hmm. So Rex stayed on as a defense coordinator. Okay. Instead of getting a job, he stayed on as defense coordinator and we played for him. We played for him to get a job. Love it. Right? And we, we were third we were 13 and three that year. You know what I mean? We should have we should have won it all, but you know, it didn't it, it, it didn't happen that way. A lot of teams can say that every year, but that was probably the best team, definitely the most dominant defense I've ever been on. Okay. I think we had 61 sacks or whatever. But um Ravens D. What it was is I just wanted to link my story to him. So coming to New York, like, I'm a Raven. Yeah. Like, what are we talking about? We scared of them. We bullies out yeah, here. No, 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 right That's what we talking about. Little, little, little point action right there. These little nerves is what we talking about. Right. So like coming here, like, never had that mentality. Because yeah. when you think about the teams that have had success against the Patriots, who are they? Your Giants and the Ravens. Right. So I'm coming from that. Pedigree. I'm coming from that. Like, yo, what? We, we, we that deal too. No doubt. You know what I'm saying? So coming over here, like the hard part was changing the mentality of the people that had the scar tissue that had been tormented. Mm -hmm. Bill Belichick and Tom Brady. I don't know that. Like I never, I played against them once or twice. Yep, yep, yep. Wasn't a big deal. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? So coming over here, like they carrying all this energy. I'm like, yo, like. I'm about to get these boys. Well, first time we played it, we beat them. 
we hit Brady 21 times. Yeah. Then, okay, we lost up in Foxborough. Bar, okay, cool, whatever. Yeah. But the next year, which is the, the tech, my second year was a can't wait year, we had beat them too. Yeah. And then they embarrassed us on Monday Night Football. But that was the thing, right? It was a chess match. Like, Sometimes they had a great game plan that take away when we did, gave us a lot of trouble. Then Rex would go. That's what I loved about it, because Rex was a defensive guru too. No doubt. Uh, but we didn't have the quarterback that they had, right? But you know, but at the end of the day, we had a defense that was right, could make that quarterback just like your defense look look That's very basic, right? Yeah. So I'm sitting there, right? And we're eleven and five, bro. And you watch yeah. the TV, we're eleven and five. Just so just imagine how you believe yourself. First of all, athletes are the most confident people in the world, right? Absolutely. So we believe in ourselves. Absolutely. But we were validated to be able to think that we can win. We had beat them, so it's 1-1. One, one. We had 11 and five, bro. And people are saying, oh my God, we have no chance. Like, bro, we won. You, bro, you know it's 1-1, one, one, right? Yeah. Like, like, we already beat them. Like, it's it's so, rubber match, bro. So, right, so it's rubber match, right? Yeah. This is no way in hell. So like, I'm, we hear this all week. Got it. Hot. Meanwhile, we had just got embarrassed. So what happens when you get embarrassed? You go back and you were looking out for, for retribution. You want blood. So, Yo, it was already high on spoke anyway. Then Dennis Bird, God rest his soul, uh, came in. Dennis Bird came in and gave us a speech. Gotcha. You know, for people who don't know Dennis Bird, Dennis Bird's a, the jet that was a defense lineman that got paralyzed and taught himself how to walk again. I got you. I you know what I'm saying? I remember so, Dennis Bird comes in, he walking down. You know what I'm saying? like, yo, we need to get this. With the smoke. You know what I'm saying? So he got a jacked up on Mountain Dew, son. So then when we win, like we did with, listen, and first of all, listen, what did we do the week before? We beat Peyton Madden. Like, what, like, what are we work? Really? We just took out no the- shot. We just beat Peyton Madden. You, you tell us. Two goats back to back. You tell us we just beat Peyton Madden. You tell us we can't beat Tom Brady, and we already beat him this year. Man, you hot stay off the weed. <laughs> all right, so. You know so by the time obviously y'all y'all take that other tight and you yep. get the sound, yep. you want a you want a thousand. On a hundred thousand. First of all, like like this, this on them. Like, cause at the time that they found me, I literally was over there fighting with the mask. I was trying to whoop the mascot ass, cussing them up. Like, yo, I'm gonna knock you, I'm gonna about to chin check you, son. Yeah. On that smoke. So I'm chasing it. I'm trying to, I'm like, I'm with the smoke with him. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, bark, I'm like what? I'm like, yo, yeah, you want South Powell wanna talk to you. I know South Powell from the yo, he covered Baltimore. Yeah. I go over there, you know what I'm saying? I'm jacking on my dude. I come over like a plane, I land like a helicopter. I don't nice. know what that was. See, but I, I grew up, you know what I'm saying, in the 80s with you. No question. What, what, what was the name? G.I. Joe. How did the planes land in G.I. Joe? They came down, they had the thing, the jets came. So I thought, and so I'm flashing back, like my whole life flashed through my eyes. Yeah. That's what Jack and my mom do. I don't even know where I'm at. I'm out of the body, I'm just looking for smoke. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Awesome. So, so people like, why he so mad? That was your energy. Yo, like, why, why he so mad that they won? First of all, you know, put some respect on my name. Second of all, this same team that cost me $30,000 and they cheated us out of a victory three years ago. Okay. So I don't even really like these dudes anyway, because it's like, they like the football version of Duke. You know what I'm saying? They just got punchable, everybody over there, punchable faces. Nope. Everybody over there got a punchable face. I'm with you. So go over there with that, right? Sal Powell hit me and like, I'm, Everything that I heard just came out. And people are like, oh, is that scripted? No, you can't script like no, that. No. And why people, I think, resonate with it so much is because they've all been that underdog. They've all been there, like, when people talk to stuff. And then the greatest feeling is to hear that stadium shut up, that arrogant stadium. No, hush. Calmness. Quietness. Right? It's better because it's there. 
right? right. The same people calling you stupid and stuff and warm up. The same smoke, they, they got their head down. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. The same people that was at your hotel with the bullhorn trying yeah. to keep you up all night, yeah. pulling your fire alarm, all them there. Now they got to deal with that. They got to live in that. No question. They got to live in that. The, the jets or whatever, the same old jets. No, like same old jets, bro. All I know about the same old jets, when I came, we won. So I was, yeah, that's the same old jets I knew. No the jets that you know, my past will determine my future. Yeah, their past will determine my future. So being able to do that, you know, man, it was all about it. You know, this was before social media really hit. You know what I mean, that's what they'll recognize about our. That's what they'll recognize about yeah. our moments. Yeah. Like I'm pre-social media, but you know, when I think about that moment, it was it was a, it was a moment that took the NFL brand higher. You know, like that, there was, there's few there's a few moments that that take the brand higher, and that's what everybody's looking for. That can't wait. But when I as I'm listening to you know your story, bro. I'm super excited. I can't wait for you to be back on the top. You know, your, your confidence um, it's, it's, it's like I said, we're not polar opposite. I'm, I, I'm like, I'm super confident. You have to be confident to, to excel at yeah. this level, yeah. but it, it, it is, it's infectious. And it showed, it showed me why you've had success everywhere you went, man. So can't wait to, to continue to watch your shot at ESPN. Can't wait to watch your businesses off the field continue to flourish and can't wait so we keep wrapping up and doing great things, getting great things done. Hey man, this was this was a wrap. I, I, I thank you for laying the groundwork for what's to come with Catch the Moment, man. Any last words? Now we in it together, baby. We gonna go ahead and get that Pat McAfee money. <laughs> we gonna do this, Andrew boy. We gonna do this. Listen, this is crazy. First episode down. Catch the moment. I'm there. I'm there. Inaugural. Inaugural. This is what? special. This is special. This chose me. Absolutely. Take man. that kill, notebook. We have a couple fights too on the field, but it's okay. <laughs> so what I need everybody to do, hit the link on YouTube, subscribe, hit the website, check the content. Let's build something together because we're going to continue to deliver value. I need y'all to check in with me next week. Catch the moment.